Podcast, College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos with Caesars Rewards can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Trurians and Suites, travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express, your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey, be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's the Great West College Hockey Podcast. We are back after uh, a, a time or two off during the summer uh, months. But Scott Strandy with you tonight in beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, from that balmy city of Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh. Uh, Stephen, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Uh, it's a it's a sad day because there's no sports today. Today's the the one one of the one day of the year where there's not any sports going. On. Of course, we had the pandemic where we had months without sports, but uh, this is there's no baseball tonight. Of course, NBA, NHL, NFL all in the off season. Although you know, but. But we are talking sports, though, because we're talking hockey tonight. So that's yeah, there's something going on. Let me tell you on. something else, though, Mr. Las Vegas. Uh, the guys from, from Colorado were in Las Vegas today at Mandalay Bay broadcasting from Media Day from the uh, Mountain West Conference. That's right. Yeah, Mountain so West football, football media, it's about media day was go. going on. Training camp for <laughs> the Raiders here have started. So there is sports going on, just no games. Of course there is. And then the ESPYs <laughs> are on. And the so ESPYs. That's going That's, on as well. The ESPN is smart. They picked the one night where there's no other conflicts to air the ESPYs. Yeah, they they got themselves a uh, lock on that. Have had for a few years. But anyway, it's great to be back on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. And um, my first thought when we were coming back tonight was like, like man, do we go with another uh, strength of summer uh, guest? Do we do something um, with a with somebody that's doing a fundraiser, we know there's golf tournaments coming up. Or do we go with USA, USA, USA? And I, that's what I opted for. Yeah, you can't go wrong with you. Can't. <laughs> that made me speechless. <laughs> what else can I add to that? Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to argue that with with USA. Uh, yeah. So we got we got three players from the uh, University of Arizona. That are playing, I believe it's Maccabi, I think is how you say it, the Maccabi tournament in Israel. Uh, it's played every four years. Um, ACHA players have been a big part of it, if not the complete part of the rosters. 
But uh, Coach Chad Berman is going to join us uh, here in a few minutes and uh, talk about the three players that he sent, two on Team USA, one on uh, Team Canada. And, uh, man, they are just tearing it up over there. So we'll get the latest update on Coach Berman when he comes on. But um, hockey in the summertime in Israel, does it get any better than that, Stephen? Yeah. If we thought hockey in the desert in in the summer was imagine imagine in israel (laughs) anyway we'll find out more about it because i know you didn't want to you didn't want to take up that assignment huh and go out to israel (laughs) cover that tournament no i didn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a little too far for me for right now um but anyway so so we'll coach berman on here in just a bit uh he'll be joining us from michigan um where uh he's been up there with a camp and his son at a camp i sent you a video Grady looking good, huh? Scoring that goal. Yeah, that was a great goal. And uh, even better that, that Coach Berman was able to have it on video. It's like I, I gave him, I gave him manifested it to happen. <laughs> I always tell him that Grady's, Grady's the best coach in, in uh, the University of Arizona anyway, because if you've ever seen him um, at every home game, he dresses up like his dad in a suit and tie, uh, <laughs> comes on out. Uh, they do the pregame talk together. Uh, Grady's quite the character and a heck of a young hockey player as well. Uh, we'll find out how old he is. I think he's like in the 8-9 range, but something like that. But that was a sweet breakaway goal. Yeah, it was. And I think the last time we had Coach Berman on, he was at uh, <laughs> his son's practice. They were at baseball. So multi-sport. Yeah, baseball game. Yeah. So. Multi-sport athlete there. Yeah. Well, we'll see which one we'll see which days, one he right? gravitates to, whether it be baseball yeah. or hockey. Both great sports, but because we're a little bit more biased to, to hockey here. But well, if he play if he plays baseball, he can turn down four hundred and forty mil for fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he <laughs> only we're so lucky to, to get that kind of a contract. <laughs> oh, craziness! So anyway, that's going on. As I mentioned to you before the show. Um, still lots of things going on fundraiser wise. I know Missouri state's got a golf tournament coming up. I know, uh, UNLV has their annual golf tournament. Utah's got theirs. Um, so people out there raising money, um, raising the level of play in ACHA hockey, which is what we always like to talk about. Uh, Liberty has been putting out a lot of stuff about wanting to have a little, uh, Liberty alumni reunion in uh, Las Vegas when they come out there to play. Um, back in, when is that, November? First part of November they're coming to play? Yeah, first part of November they're they're coming out here to uh, to Vegas uh, to play uh, Alaska. And uh, and they're also going to play UNLV as well for a couple of games. So, um, so yeah, Liberty's going to be a fun week. That'll be a fun week because it's midweek games for uh, uh, an NCAA opponent to come in and play. I believe it's Wednesday, Thursday, or... Um, they'll play uh, UNLV one night, they'll play Liberty the next night, and then Liberty and UNLV will play on the weekend. And um, it must be Wednesday, Thursday, because Thursday night I know that uh, they're playing Liberty, and I was joking with you about the fact that uh, Coach Handy wants to have a golf outing on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm like, he better not have his players out there because they're going to be exhausted. <laughs> yeah, Thursday it will be a golf outing, and then the game is – uh, between the Flames and the Seawolves, uh, which is the Alaska school there, 7 p.m. And then uh, Friday the 18th will be another golf outing, and then it'll be the uh, Liberty against the Rebels at 7 p.m. And then Saturday is the just a game at uh, 
7 p.m. against the Rebels it's just again. A game. So just, just a game. Just a game. Thing. It's just a game. UNLV. It's not just yeah. a game, my friend. No, no, not just a game. <laughs> but uh, anyway. yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun in uh, in November, and of course uh, in October, UNLV making the trip up to Alaska to play the Anchorage Sea Wolves up there. That'll be a fun trip for them. Um, so things are really starting to ramp up right now. I know it's still July. I know we're winding down of a hot summer, but um, winding down, winding down, <laughs> aren't we? We're just we're just <laughs> ramping it up. Oh, oh yikes. yikes! We got another we got another two three months probably of. of... <laughs> hot weather uh, uh, maybe in vegas but tell me it's not going to be that way in colorado well uh, i don't know this is the hottest month of july so far on, on record in colorado well a lot uh, of places are setting record temperatures all over the country and in the and across the, the globe and places like england where they're not getting they're not used to see, i'm gonna put my weatherman hat on for a second they're not used to getting uh yeah, 100 degree that. temperatures they're they're their average temperatures is this time of year is like the 70s eight maybe West 80s West. but Podcast. But the um, it's that was a little. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they get hundred. And what's Did different you hear there? Me? I hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> they they only get uh, they don't have air conditioning as much as of course as, as you do here. So uh, it's really a dangerous situation in places like that where uh, they don't get that hot. Um, they might have to think about it because this might be a, this may be a regular thing. You know, it's, it seems like the climate. It's changing a little bit. Uh, That's ridiculous. So. You got any water in Lake Mead? No, not 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 enough, really. Hey, I want to ask you this too. It's, it's I'm not hockey related, but I heard something on the news the other day that there was a explosion at the Hoover Dam. Is that true? Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, there was a little bit of an explosion. I'm not. I don't think it was at the the dam itself. It was. It was near there though and uh yeah it was uh it was it was a big story uh here damage uh, injuries people killed no, anything I, like that or uh i don't think it was any i don't think it was any um injuries uh i think it was in an area where there wasn't people at okay uh, but but there was very definitely um well, actually i'm sorry i mean i mean let me look it up here i i, I want to correct the record i'm just looking up the story now six yeah. people actually were injured i'm sorry yeah okay. i didn't yeah six people were injured uh two were hospitalized it was, oh, it was a concrete facility. Yeah, so uh, okay. it was at a concrete facility. Um, this was in Boulder City. So, oh, is this maybe is this the one? Yeah, I guess this is the one. Yeah, I just heard about it, and that's all I heard was just passing that they said there's an explosion at Hoover Dam, and I I kept meaning to ask you that, and I kept forgetting. So why not use the show to do that? <laughs> yeah, why not? People don't mind us. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the the news is a hockey podcast but we could talk about the we could talk about anyway, the news anyway i don't i don't mean to make fun of it because six people injured is six people injured but yeah that was uh that was not good um so as we wait for coach berman to join us here shortly he'll be on three four minutes i believe um the uh the fact that the camps have been running the recruiting's been going on we've been seeing utah especially just put out player after player after player of either guys coming back or new guys coming in. Um, Utah. And, and I can, can, can I go back to that? I was looking at actually that was separate. There was the, that was that was in Boulder City. There was the uh, I don't want people to get accurate information on this show. Uh, so there was an explosion <laughs> at the Hoover Dam as well. Um, it was at on Tuesday about ten thirty in the morning. Um, so it, it was a transformer that Hoover Dam caught fire within 
but uh, there were no injuries uh, for that one. So that that was at Hoover Dam. Then there was an explosion at, a, at in Boulder City as well. So, and again, I don't want to make fun of this, but there was no water in Lake Mead to put the fire out. No, no, <laughs> there was there was water underneath, but uh, a little bit of water. But yeah, it's not as much as uh, as of course, it used to be for sure. Fire, you don't use water anyway, so there you go. No, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's sad. It really is. I mean, it, you see the rain coming down here, but yet there's still forest fire danger in Colorado, and uh, obviously Lake Mead needs to be refilled. And I don't we, know we probably need we probably need it to rain and snow for about ten years straight, probably without a stop yeah, probably, without right. a stopping to right. to get the amount of water that we we need to fill it back up. Uh, I saw recently a picture is- a richer picture recently of of the dam what it was about twenty twenty five years ago, maybe thirty years ago. And it was flowing. It was water's flowing down it. You know, you go to the lake; it was way high. You could go to the, you could dock off at different spots. And now it's you know bodies are being washed up, and and you can't go to dock off at certain uh, at different oh, areas because it's so sad. dry there. So sad. Well, I can tell you one thing: if that rain is going to start, rumor has it it's going to start when Paul Hornstein retires. And moves to Arizona, it could rain just nonstop then, so it wouldn't be surprising. But anyway, it's time to bring on our guest. We got the head coach from the University of Arizona. Yes, coach Chad Berman can save us here. <laughs> coach, oh, I don't know. We're just, talking, we're just talking about all the crazy things happening, like there's no water in Lake Mead to even go over the dam. Um, <laughs> they're oh boy, that Hoover Dam. There's all kinds of stuff and no water to put the fires out. But how are you? Well, I'm, on that note, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, we're doing good now that we got you on. So you're, uh, you're yeah. up in, you're up in uh, Michigan, not just yep. uh, visiting, but you just finished up a camp. So tell us, first of all, how that was, uh, the first track up there to try to run a camp. Yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, it was successful. I didn't know, you know, how many kids would sign up. It's not like I'm, you know, my brand in my neighborhood. So to um, to be able to get out there and have a big showing and, and like, I feel like I taught a lot of kids new things and it seemed like they had a lot of fun. Um, it was a great experience. And honestly, part of what drew me to that camp in Gaylord, Michigan, um, is as I was researching, I actually was researching to find out, you know, how much competition I would be dealing with in the area. And I was of course delighted to find out not very much, but then I kind of found a connection to it in, in terms of, you know how Tucson, we don't have a lot of camps coming into Tucson or consistent ice time all the time. Um, and so it was a nice connection for me to be like, well, let's take a camp to them. Nobody comes to them. Let's go to them. And um, it was a really, really cool experience. And, and I thought it was pretty successful. Speaking Can of camps, about- hold, on, hold on a minute, Steven. Speaking of camps, um, you sent me a video of somebody just blowing away somebody on a breakaway today. <laughs> Tout it a little bit. Tout it a little bit. My man, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm for my 10 year old. Yeah, last time I talked to you, we were on a baseball field doing travel baseball in 100 degree, <laughs> 10 degree weather. Um, yeah, so since we were out here, it worked out great. The Detroit Red Wings were putting on a 10 U camp. Um, and so my son's a huge Red Wings fan because of me, and um, he was super excited to go out on the Red Wings practice rink there. And Kurt Maltby ran the camp, and Jason Woolley was out there. And you know, we're walking out of the arena, and Steve Eiserman passes us. It was uh, quite an experience and uh, a lot of fun to watch my son uh, vicariously live through my dreams, I guess. 
Okay, <laughs> so he did, he did more than that, Stephen. I'm sorry. I gotta have uh, Coach describe the breakaway that you got on film for us. He scored four goals today, so if we're gonna brag, let's brag. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, I'm pro- I'm proud of him, man. He uh, like we don't talk about results, we talk about process. And you know, he's in the backyard at nine years old, ten years old. He's been shooting hundred pucks every day and doing sick handling drills. And I don't push him; I just give him direction. It's up to him. But um, you know, I'm always I'm always proud of my son. But to see uh, him go out there with kids his age in the state of Michigan, a hockey state, and do as well as he did today, it was an awful. Um, Awful proud moment for a dad, for sure. All right, Steven. <laughs> well, I just want to ask, so last time it was baseball, this time it's hockey. What are you hoping for? I mean, is he better at baseball or hockey? Sounds like he's pretty good at hockey. And what are you hoping for? Uh, I'm sure personally you would hope that he latches on to hockey, but the baseball contracts are getting pretty high these days too. So I don't it's, Yeah, ba- baseball is a little cheaper. Um, I want him to do what he wants to do, and I, you know, whatever that is, if it's, uh, you know, if it's sports or not. But uh, he he's definitely partial to hockey. If, if he had to choose, he'd rather be in a rink. And so I imagine that's where we're heading. Scott was telling us before you came on that uh, your son kind of um, mimics you at home games. Uh, what is that like? You know, <laughs> to be yeah. your, your coach, so to speak, your assistant coach, so to speak. He dresses yeah, up he, in a suit like you do and all that. Talk about yeah. that for a minute. Yeah, he dresses to the nines. If you see a 10-year-old in a, in a suit and a, <laughs> and a tie, um, you know, ironically, like one of the best moments of the week is when Bronson Moore used to uh, – was, was at ASU. Uh, quietly one of my favorite kids in the ACHA. I know I'm not supposed to like the other side there, but um, they had a fun little rivalry. No one's listening to the, no one's listening yeah, They had a fun little rivalry, uh, you know, through the glass and fist pounding each other because he knew it was my kid. And um, and obviously my son knew who Bronson was, but uh, it was a unique situation where I actually got to know the other side and grew to appreciate what a great kid Bronson was and enjoyed competing against him. But uh, he's not hard to, he's not hard to miss. Cause yeah, he's the only kid in a, in a full suit and tie of games. I'm like, you know, you don't have to do that. And it's, I guess it's a preference at this point. So we'll see how long it lasts. I love it. Well, I told Steven, I said, we had to have you on tonight because uh, in the middle of summer, uh, you got three guys playing hockey. I'm going to try to get this right. Is it Maccabi? Uh, yes. Yes. In, in Israel, yeah, the- correct? Yeah, the Maccabi games in Israel, and so it's a, it's a Jewish uh, international tournament. Um, and you know, obviously, we've got three guys in the two tournament representing two different teams. Duke Litwin is representing uh, Canada, and uh, Jesse Lowell and Brody Selman, we're proud to say, are representing the United States. Um, and it just, I guess, same same difference from my from my own kid to you know my own players. Just really proud to see them out there having a blast representing their countries and. Uh, you know, and like just getting an experience of a lifetime with a, you know, uh, they've had the opening ceremonies and they're wearing the Team USA and Team Canada gear. And um, it looks like most likely the two teams are actually going to meet in the finals here, I think, Saturday. Um, and from what I've been told, I believe it's sold out in advance uh, with 12,000 tickets. And um, hopefully that gives our three guys an advantage because they're used to playing in front of big crowds like we do. And um, but uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I'm looking forward to watching that game and, um, you know, watching them compete together. But what, what an unbelievable experience. I, you know, it got, it's got me thinking about Koos' experience with, with going to Russia and the World University Games. And, you know, it's just another reminder how awesome this game is and um, the opportunities we can provide as a university for, for these guys to do just a once-in-a-lifetime experience on a, on a world stage. It's pretty incredible. 
Now, how does something like this come together? I mean, obviously, um, like how do the, the, the countries, Team USA, Canada, reach out to, to you? Do they reach out to the players directly? How does that come to be that these guys were invited to, to be a part of this? Yeah, I, and I'm actually – I'm half Jewish, and I, I didn't know about it, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I was talking to the guys, and they had mentioned that there was it was a goal of theirs. They wanted to be a part of that. And the more I kind of learned about it, the more I understood, you know, what a great honor that would be. And, um, you know, I was on the phone last summer with the, with the U.S. coach for sure um, and talking to him about Jesse and Brody. And they had a summer camp or a trial camp, I think it was last June. Um, and so – we had known at that time that it was a good chance Jesse was going to make it. And we were still pushing to get uh, Brody on board. And, um, you know, Brody having a big year helped that. And obviously just the, the, who Brody is as a player um, and the year he had uh, made it easy for him. And, um, you know, they got them both on the same line out there, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, I honestly, I had to learn the last year and a half. I had to learn myself and they educated me on it. And I did my homework and reached out to the coach and, um, you know, it's obviously his team. He's going to choose what he wants, but I want to make sure that he knows, you know, what these guys are made of on and off the ice. And at the end of the day, they both uh, made the team and then found out Duke made the team late also in Canada. And it's just been uh, an incredible experience for those guys. So how does that go coach as far as financial wise? Is there some dollars to help these guys get over there? Cause you don't just top on uh, Southwest flight and, and fly to Israel. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, no, they uh, they got to pay the freight there uh, for the most part and, and get out there. But they've, they've been out there three weeks now, um, and I think they're ready to get home. I think it's been a great experience, but I think they're ready to come home. And, um, you know, just knowing those guys and the work ethic they have, I'm, my biggest challenge now is enjoy this, go get your medal, have a great experience. And now I got to try to get these guys to take a break when they get home because these are workers. I'm They're like doing workouts in between games out there and, um it's just who they are but uh it's been uh been an awesome experience but i think they're ready to get back to the states yeah no doubt about that i'm uh, i'm sure that they're they're uh missing a little home cooking but um the scores that they've been putting up it, is it is it indicative to the fact that they're just that much better or uh are they just uh is maybe the competition not quite as strong? Well, I think the, I think the problem is the depth. I think the reason the U.S. has had such success is they're, they're just much deeper than Canada. I've been watching all these games. Um, you know, I, I think when you narrow the, the field with Jewish hockey players, that tends to narrow it down, and then you got to pay your own way. Um, and, and then, you know, from what I understand, some of these – it's full of Division One, Division Three players, NCAA – I think they got a guy from Holy Cross in the team. It, um, there are a lot of good players. I think the depth is where it gets exposed. Um, and some of those teams maybe don't want their players going out there. We're certainly all for it. But uh, I think that's part of it, too. So it gets to be a narrow field. You know, those top two lines as you're watching, especially U.S. and Canada, they're, those are elite lines, um, even top three there on U.S. especially. Um, there's a lot of talent out there. It just seems to be the depth that gets, depth that gets exposed. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, let's uh, let's break away if we can a little bit and talk about your team. You guys keep adding guys and, and talent and building. Uh, but before we get to that, speaking of building, how are things? How are the plans going <laughs> on the building? I know you said breaking ground this fall, correct? Yeah, everything's uh, moving as planned. Actually, I had lunch with uh, Frank Knott a couple of weeks ago before I headed to Michigan, um, and everything's moving forward. Obviously, 
I think in a project this big, everybody's got to understand things are going to come up and adjustments are going to be made. And, and so we're prepared for that. But everything's moving forward. Shovel's hitting the ground here We're uh, in a few months. And so we're excited to see that happen. And certainly we want to promote that. And, um, you know, obviously seeing ASU get their building up and, and us right behind is that. Uh, there's a lot of excitement out west here and uh, all kinds of rumors out there in Vegas as well and, and all that stuff. So it's good to see. You know, again, it's just another, I think every time we're on here, we talk about how great it is to see the growth of hockey out West. And this is just another layer of it. And we're certainly excited to be a part of that. Coach, it's incredible. I know Steven wants to ask you about the schedule coming up for you because you guys have another really good schedule as uh, everybody does now out West. But uh, before he gets into that, I want to tell you that uh, I was looking back seven years ago when I started this company and our anniversary comes up on August 1st of uh, this year. And, I'm going like, wow, it, what I saw when I first met you and all around, I was going like, what have I gotten myself into? And, <laughs> and kudos to you guys for doing such a fantastic job because nobody could have ever imagined that, that you've come this far and survived the pandemic. And now I think in college hockey across the board, we can say thriving through a pandemic. Yeah, thank you. It's been a, you know, it's it's one of those uh, process-oriented things, and you look up and you got a ninety-six million dollar, you know, arena being built in, in your town, and um, you know, I think it's another reminder. People can't tell you what can't be done. I had a lot of people laughing at us at the notion of all these things. Um, I actually remember having a meeting in the rec center because some people were telling me we could never win a championship, um, <laughs> and I remember bringing the cup into the meeting and saying, "You're right. We did it twice." Um, you know, I don't, I, I like when people say we can't do things. I've just always been wired that way. Um, you know, obviously it takes a little luck for something like this and for someone like Frank to come along, but, um, it also takes a lot of really good people like Troy Vaughn, who, who works so hard for this program and Tanner Harris and, you know, Shane Fossell and, and Jeremy Goltz. And just, um, there are so many people who have their fingerprints on this process, um, beyond our program and getting into the youth programs and the, and the, and the adult programs and, um, I just, I really, uh, it's going to be a special day when this happens and, and it's far beyond our program, but certainly as our, as our program can say, we're, we're excited about it and think it's going to, um, you know, take us to a whole nother level. And I think that process is already starting. All right, Steven, dig into that schedule. You've been chomping up the bit all day about that. Well, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just tee it up. Uh, uh what can you share about the upcoming schedule? Uh, when we, when we can expect it to be released, anything that from that schedule that uh, you can share with our audience here and uh, for the upcoming season? Yeah, I can tell you it's going to be probably the toughest schedule we've had in many, many years, um, and it's a good thing. I think we're ready for that. I think, um, you know, we're really challenging this year's team. We're, 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 we're not happy with the way things went. We're proud we made the national t- championship tournament and, and, and got to qualify and be a part of such a special thing. I just think the standard for us has gone up, and so we took last year very personally – um, we're challenging everything we're doing, how we're doing it, who we're doing it with, and what our expectations are. Um, and I think I've got a very, very motivated group right now that's coming back with a chip on its shoulder. Um, I think we've got a lot to prove, uh, again, quite frankly. Um, you know, I know what we're made of. I know what my locker room's made of. I know the quality of people, but it's time we go make sure to convince others. Um, and so we've got a lot of motivation going in the year. So we, we really packed in as hard of a schedule as I could find. Um, and so, I, you know, we're going to be announcing that here coming up soon. I hope to have a massive announcement of a big game coming up 
uh, potentially against an NCAA Division One team here in the near future. And so we'll be coming out with hopefully some news on that if we can finalize that process. Um, and, you know, just right off the bat, we're, we're, we have Davenport coming into our building September 20 or 30 and October 1. So we're going to start our season in a really tough crossover uh, and having a, a team from Michigan come into town. That's going to be a great challenge. And and we're going to go that way, too, um, in about mid-October. We're going to head out there and we're going to go play Dearborn uh, Thursday, Friday, and we're going to play Adrian on Saturday. Um, that's the situation. We Those are the games we want to play. Those are the teams we want to play. Uh, we want to see new competition, new brands. Um, I've had a lot of people say to me, why would you want to play Adrian on the third game in three days? <laughs> and my response is simple. We're, we want to make a run at the national tournament. We want to get deep. So we've got to start experiencing that and challenging ourselves more. Um, I can't think, you know, if you win the first two games and you get to a frozen four, if you're fortunate to be in that situation, I got news for you. You're going to see a team like Adrian on a game three and three in a row. So that's that's what we want to prepare for. So we're really trying to, like I said, look deeper into how can we challenge our, our players, our staff, um, our situations, our practices, everything we're doing. We're really we're giving it another comb through and saying we need to be better, and, and I'm excited to see those results. Hey, you look at you look at the national tournament. Look at uh, look at Central Oklahoma. What they were able to do in the national tournament. I mean, not only did they play those games uh, consecutive days, but they basically played the equivalent of two hockey games in the one game when they went to what four or five overtimes, and then uh, <laughs> and then they yeah. had to play the next day against a UNLV team that was really tough, and they kind of got that one out and then played the the ended up being the champs. So Lindenwood. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean it it's it can be done. So I mean it's the three games and three seems like nothing really. Yeah, well I think well first I, I could say enough good things about Mike Rivera. I think he's done a great job there. There are just some teams here and in, in the ACHA, like the ACHA is such good hockey, it's such a good league. But there's there's few of those teams that just have a culture that's that a little higher than everybody else. You know, Minot State's got that culture. They're just they they play well come March. They're tough to play, and, and certainly UCL is another one of those teams. Um, I would—I'm not going to lie to you. When, when I saw them going into 1,700 overtimes, and uh, knowing they were going to have to play a, a difficult, very fast-skilled team in UNLV, I didn't give them a lot of shot in that game. Um, I just didn't know how you come back and respond that way. Um, it, it doesn't take a good hockey team to win like uh, a game like that. It, it takes a, an incredible gutsy effort built from a culture and a foundation of expectations. And that's what we want. I was so impressed by UCO to find a way to win that game and obviously to come up against a, you know, a monster in Lindenwood and all the Division One caliber players that they had there. That was a, a, just another additional challenge. But, um, you know, the tournament, I always tell my guys, the best teams are going to make it and the hottest team's going to win it. I thought I'd, I'd, uh, I had a gut thought that, you know, UCO could make a run. I think we all knew Lindenwood was going to be tough to beat. But uh, it was great representation of our conference, the ACHA. And another example, really, what it takes to be successful is the teams that are consistently successful in that tournament. There's this distilled culture, expectation, work ethic, um, and there is no challenge too big. And it's a, it's a great example of, you know, focusing on what's in front of you and not the obstacles. Because, you know, UCO had every reason in the world to say, okay, we made it to the set frozen four you know, good job, guys. It's going to be tough to do this. It never crossed their mind. They just, they're not wired that way. And certainly something, uh, a page of their book that we want to add to ours. So how can you, like, 
it's hard to because the national tournament obviously the the stakes are high and and not to take away from the regular season because that's important because obviously that helps determine how to sure. get to the national tournament but um how, is it is it difficult to to replicate um the kind of intensity in the in the regular season as it is the, the national tournament and and how can the schedule that sounds like it's going to be very tough this year how can you try to do that in the regular season like the make it like the importance of this game is almost like a national tournament importance game yeah which, which in a way yeah. it is but it's hard yeah, when you certainly. think regular season to national tournament to turn up that gear yeah there, there's really no way to completely replicate the the emotions and the, and the magnified importance of each moment of a national tournament game you will have games along the way i mean every time we step into a building like unlv that feels like that you know you, there's a lot of teams to that degree certainly when we go to adrian and dearborn it's going to feel like that um, you know, our, our, in my opinion, our, our conference is going to be probably the best in the, in the ACHA this year. You know, we've been kind of poking at it, but now I think it's kind of time here with some of the change going around the, the, the country. Um, and so there is no, there's no easy game in our, in our schedule. We're going to be challenged every night and we're going to have to expect to, to, to show up, perform. And, and I like that. Um, I, I really think that comes through habit, not through choosing when you want to perform. You know, an old expression I, I typically say to people is the strongest trees aren't grown in, in the best soil. They're grown in the strongest winds. Um, and so back to what I'm saying is that's why we want to challenge everything we're doing more. I want to put my players in, in, in positions that are difficult. I want practices to be harder. I want to play a game three at Adrian. Um, and I think through that, we're only going to grow, get better and be a better team. And hopefully it's still that kind of culture, like a UCO or a Minot, and you become one of those teams, uh, you know, the Liberties, the Adrians. Those teams get to the Frozen Four every year. You know, everybody wants to win a national championship. Um, not everybody's willing to put in the work or go through the adversity. Um, but I certainly have a heck of a lot of respect for those teams that are in the Frozen Four every year, and that's what we want. Um, you know, again, we'd like to win a national championship. We want to win a national champ. We expect to win a national championship at some point, but I think you got to get there consistently first and be knocking at that door. Uh, and that's, that's the next shelf we're pushing for. Okay. So let me ask you this. Another one of your lines that I always refer to is uh, a high tide rises all ships. Well, yeah. this off season, especially coach, I have seen every program, whether they're in, the ACHA and the WCHL or independents, they're all talking about their recruits. I, I talked to Riley Orr at Oregon uh, a while back now, and he said, hey, we, we have to keep putting this out there because we want people to know that we want to compete. So as one of the tenured, longest tenured coaches uh, out here now, um, what are your thoughts about that when you see these guys going like, yeah, we need to compete. We need to show people that we've got great talent coming into to, to play teams that uh, that are ranked like Arizona and UNLV and UCO and uh, down the line. Yeah, I mean, that's the process. Right? I mean, we've been doing this for seven years, but the first couple of years, it was how do we get to that level? Um, you got to you got to go through it. It's a process for sure. And um, even still, like now it's like, how do you stay at that level or, or grow? And so. Um, I know no other way way than to challenge, push, and, and to get our program to the next level. But it's certainly not easy. I mean, I, I see every – this has probably been – you know, I think every year that we're on here, it's a testament to the growth of the ACHA. But every year we're on here, I'm telling you, I see the recruiting that's going on, and it's impressive what's going on. And that's probably taken a, a, a bigger step this year. You know, Grand Canyon's added a few kids that impressed me. ASU's added a couple kids that impressed me. Uh, we've certainly lost a couple of kids to UNLV. I don't know what's in the water or the duffel bags over there, but we've lost a few guys over there. Um, you know, and it's been like the the heated battle 
for recruiting, the same teams keep coming up when you come across kids. We seem to be going after the same kind of players. Um, and we're certainly happy with the kids we got. We think we've got just the right fit for our program. Um, but, you know, it, it, that stuff raises your competitive juices. Um, you know, whatever it takes, we want to put the best hockey team out there. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're really excited about what we've added. We think we've taken a big step from last season. But, you know, we know that others have too. And that this isn't going to be easy, but it's definitely going to be worth it. So, so let me ask you this. As you look across the board right now, and obviously that facility of yours is going to be a big help, but what's the secret? How do you keep bringing on competitive teams with what your challenges are? And I don't want to deal with the, all the things that you're up against because I think that's pretty well documented, but just how nice is it going to be in a few years when you can have a little more ease and have your own practice time and your own building and all of that? Uh, is that going to make life a lot easier for you or is it, is it just kind of status quo? It's just a different environment. Yeah, no question. Um, consistency matters. Uh, you know, playing ASU without practicing in a week is difficult. We, we don't let ourselves focus on those things and um, it's gotten better. It's getting better. Um, you know, it's, it's actually, we don't have a lot of conflict this year. And so we're excited about that other than the gem show. And that's just not going away in Tucson. Um, you know, we, have so much more positive going in this program than some of the challenges. Like you look around the country, every program's got different challenges and things they have to overcome. So we're certainly not going to sit here and feel sorry for ourselves over a couple of those little things. I'll lead you right to the source here. I mean, this is the biggest proponent of what we focus on. Whenever we come across um, obstacles, we choose to focus on the opportunity and not the adversity. Um, and so to answer your question, to us, it's a day-to-day -day process that greatness is a daily habit. Um, and that every time we come across a difficult point, whether it be injuries, um, being down, a call we don't agree with, we don't focus on that stuff. We say, okay, where's the opportunity in this? There's an opportunity to get momentum out of a penalty kill. There's an opportunity to say that, hey, yeah, one of our top guys injured, but this guy who's been working hard in practice demanding for an opportunity, he's going to get it now and he's going to help us in a different way. Um, and that's really just how we try to approach that. And I feel like if you do that consistently enough, you keep your head down and work uh, and we'll put in the work every single day. I think when you look up, you're going to be really happy with the results. And, you know, great, gratefully so. And luckily, fortunate enough, we've been able to lift two of the last three conference championships. And certainly we'd love to do that again this year. Steven, you got one more for the coach? Yeah, how how exciting is it going to be? I know the, the rivalry between you and, and ASU is is exciting. Uh, is is big, obviously. Um, you know they're they're gonna have a a new building, I think. I mean, I mean, I, well, they are gonna have a new building, the NCAA team, but the ACHA team is gonna play there too, I think, on the on another rink. Uh, so, how, what is it gonna be like to to play there if if you get that opportunity? Yeah, I'm looking. I won't miss the asbestos falling on the ice mid big game. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, I, I it's, it'll be exciting. I'm sure it's gonna be you know a, a great a uh, great venue top notch all the way um you know it's another i mean our guys like going to cool venues too we like playing and you know we had fun going to minot playing in front of a big, big crowd um you know i think that stuff matters and you know it's just a good example of all the teams in this league doing their part to, to elevate this thing and back to the rising tide lifts all ships you know everybody everybody wants to 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 get the one up to get better to improve and collectively when you do that we all benefit you know, here's here's the one thing that I feel really bad about in that situation is 
I really wish uh, Kim was around to uh, to be able to experience that because if there's anybody that would love to gone to ASU and gone to a new building and not have to broadcast from the bleachers, uh, Tim would have been the one to do that, right? Yeah, they didn't like him much. I don't think I think they got to a point they started locking that door and he wasn't allowed to go upstairs and. I use in my ear whining to me for hours after a game about that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think about Tim all the time, um, you know, especially with this new arena going up. I mean, Scott, you know, him. can you imagine how, how excited he would be about this new facility and what we're doing with this program and the direction we're heading? Um, I, he has not forgotten our program. I promise you that we keep in touch with Sarah Gasson and, um, you know, we are in the back of our minds preparing and planning for how do we honor Tim in the new building? Is it naming the press box after me or whatever it is? He's going to be a part of that moving forward. Um, he will not be forgotten in this program as long as I'm around. Awesome. That's great stuff to hear. Okay. So I want to ask you this too, before we let you go, because, um, you know, a year and a half ago, I took a road trip for a month to, to, to compare, um, the quality of play between 16 year olds to 26 year olds. And I was amazed coach. I could not believe just how close the competition was getting. And now I see um, ACHA teams challenging, uh, even if it's an exhibition game, playing NCAA teams and UNLV making an exhibition trip to take on the NCAA champions here in Denver. And uh, Lindenwood tried it last year. Um, did you ever imagine, and be honest with me now, seven years ago, do you think that your teams in the WCHL would be making a run at NCAA programs, uh, even in exhibition? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think certainly in the back of our minds, you wonder. Because, I mean, and ever well, since you, ASU. They, you did it against ASU, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is that ever since ASU with D1, don't think my emails aren't constantly, when are we doing it? When are we doing it? <laughs> Um, well, when we get a $34 million donation, that conversation changes too. Um, you know, it's, um, could I, I'd be, if I would be honest with you, if I told you I expected this, no, I mean, it, it's great to see these ACHA teams playing all these NCAA teams, you know, certainly we're all in for a tremendous challenge in those games, but what do we have to lose and what a great opportunity. And if we're doing it for the right reasons, not to use it as, as poor man's bait for recruiting, but if we're doing it to provide kids a great experience that they're never going to forget, then I think I'm really comfortable and excited about it. And certainly that's what we hope to announce here in a couple of weeks or in a few weeks, I should say, if for the same reason, um, you know, I don't know if people forget about this, but when ASU had their very first Division One hockey game, it was at Gila River, the, the Arizona Coyotes Arena, and we played against them. Um, I you know, I, I knew this was going to be a pounding, and actually we lost 8-1. to one. Um, We were up in the first five minutes. We were up uh, on a goal by Robbie Wilkinson and Wilkins. It was a backhand <laughs> bar down. I'll never forget it because I remember looking around and be like, why are we winning this game? Uh, I was really happy with an 8-1 to one loss. But, but what I'm getting to is that's not what these guys remember. What they remember is walking out of that tunnel and seeing 20,000 seats or whatever they have in there, feeling the rumble of the, of the speaker and the noise beneath your feet when you're on the bench, playing against an NCAA program with kids on, on full scholarships and coming from the USHL and the top programs in the league, playing in front of 7,000 people that night, um, you know, those are the things they remember they, they remember and we would be remiss as a program as a and as a coach and as someone who cares about his players if i wasn't thinking of those things and 
I know, I know what that means to those guys and how excited they would be to be a part of that. And so, you know, any chance we get to do something like that, we think it's a great opportunity. So, so let me follow that up with when you're recruiting players, how do you find talent that's that good? Or is the talent across the board that you're looking at getting that good? Because I think years past, um, I, I joked and I date myself back in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. Um, if you wanted to play NCAA hockey, you were pretty special. But even though you played NCAA hockey, that did not mean you even had a sniff at the NHL. And now we're seeing the guys that you're bringing in are competing at such a high level. Has it gotten that good across the board at the lower levels or are you just able to find better players now? I I mean, it's, it's a couple of things, but I mean, certainly word of mouth matters in recruiting. And so as you build your program, we try to, we try to treat our players, uh, you know, great, like gold. Like we, as long as they're on time and putting in the work, um, we want this experience to be memorable. And, and at the end of the day, recruiting is a word of mouth business and word gets out, you know, about what it's like to play there, what it's like to play for that coach, uh, you know, what it's like to play in front of four or 5,000 people in our building on a, on a home game. Um, you know, that's really where the essence of recruiting is. You, you can go out there and cold call all you want, but your odds are low. It doesn't mean we're not going to keep doing it. It's whatever it takes. But, you know, that's all part of that process. But I will say this, you know, I, I played at Fredonia State Division Three hockey. And ever since I've been here, it's been eye opening to the bigger school experience you get out here. And I think I think word of that has gotten out, you know, of I can get a great education at, at the Eller College of Management, one of the top business programs in the entire uh, North America here on our campus. I can play in front of 5,000 fans. I can weave in and out of palm trees to go to class. Um, when when people start to hear the full-scale experience, you know, part of my recruiting pitch, and I, I don't even like calling it a pitch because I'm just being honest, is you can find a program that has a top-notch business program. You can find a program that has 80-degree weather. You can find a program that's a national championship contender. You can find a program that might get four or 5,000 fans in a, in a game. But I challenge you to find a program who can check all those boxes in one. And that's what makes the University of Arizona such an incredible experience. Um, and so on top of that, I think people are looking at those things and not just our program, but out West and looking at these opportunities and saying there's different things out there. Um, you know, you look at it, you look at my recruiting class this year, like a, a guy like uh, Eddie Slack, he, he had six, seven um, division three schools that he could have chosen from, but he wanted to be a part of our program. Brody Selman last year had five or six division three programs. He wanted to be a part of our program. So it makes me proud that we've created a destination and a program that people want to be a part of a place. They want to get a great education to set themselves up for the future and an opportunity to have a once in a lifetime experience of hopefully with lifting that Murdoch cup someday, winning a national championship and giving thanks to the city of Tucson and all those people who have been a part of it from the Tims to the Golts, you know, from top to bottom, um, that's that's really what at this point drives us. That's what that's what I want to see happen. And um, it's a special place here. We're fortunate to be a part of this program and to wear that A in our chest. Um, and we want to serve it right. Stephen, you got one final one for coach. Yeah. So as 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 you hope to achieve those goals one day, I guess we, we focus on kind of what the uh, rest of this off season, so to speak, looks like for for you and for the team. I know it's still the summer, so there's not a lot going on. But um, what what is it? Well, how do you mentally prepare for a season? I guess what I'd like, you know, because it's a grind and, and it's a grind in the off season too. But now you kind of you have a chance to kind of 
you know, mentally prepare? How, how does one prepare for uh, for the season? Uh, and, you know, to make sure you're sharp and, and ready to go. Yeah, well, I think you know, our preparation started two weeks after the season ended, and it was it was a very motivated group to get moving. And so we hit team workouts, um, you know, on campus before they even left. Um, and that set a tone, hopefully, through the summer. Um, you know, I know the guys text each other, and they've been updating each other, and these, this is what we got going on, these are the workouts. Um, you know, I've got about a 30-hour drive coming up here in a week to head back to Tucson, so that's a good opportunity for me to, to get on the phone, check in with all the guys, and um, give them hopefully the exciting news about playing a Division One program here uh, coming soon to start the season, um, reminding them, you know, of how competitive it's going to be, uh, and, and, and knowing that, you know, all the work you've done now, is useless if you don't finish the job. This is really the sprint to your um, to your development or your summer development your, for for getting ready for the season. These guys hit the gym hard as far as weights, lots of weights, and now it's kind of start to starting to be the point where you want to sprinkle in more skating, sprinkle in more in conditioning, more sprint type activity. Um, but you gotta keep a focus on the why. I think that's really important. So all these phone calls coming up, everybody gonna be checking in. How are things going? How's it, you know, what would you like to change up to keep it fresh? How can we improve? Uh, and then just to kind of circle back to say, you know, this is what we want to accomplish, you know, and to accomplish something that difficult, it, it requires a lot of work. Um, and that's what those phone calls are about. But when you when you work with a group like I have that I'm very fortunate to work with, um, you know, it, those conversations are easy because they want the same things. Um, so it's really about how do we help each other. And that's that's really uh, that's what makes being a part of this group so fun. I, I really have a great group of kids. And have you seen that over the years as, as you've tried to improve uh, the team and, and, the, and the chemistry of the team? And, and, and the, do you find yourself that you feel like you've had to communicate more with the team? Have you have you reached out to them more in the offseason than you have in previous years? And, and how important is that? It sounds like it's pretty important, but just like, you know, from maybe year one to now that maybe you, you reach out to them more in the summer than maybe you would before. No, I think if anything, you go less, um, you know, like if I, if it's, if it's, um, if it's, if I'm relying on my phone call to get them in the gym, then, then we're in bigger trouble than I need. Um, and so as, as you but get, just, a, as but just you, building like a relationship with you, I'm making sure you no, continue yeah, to have yeah. those relationships with them and, and, no and you're the coach too, but, but it's important to, to like, you know, see how they're doing and check on them. Yeah, no, well. no question. I, I guess what I was getting at is it, it does get easier and you have to touch on those things less because it becomes less motivating players and more just steering them at this point. But in terms of the relationships, absolutely. I mean, when, when, when I talk to Cameron Timor, he's a big ND football fan, Notre Dame. I'm a big Michigan football fan. <laughs> we talk college football. When I call Josh Lesby, we're huge baseball guys and he's a Twins and I'm a Tigers guy. We talk baseball. Uh, uh, you know, like those are the things that we actually talk about. You know, we touch on the other things and, um, and, and obviously we want to have those important conversations, but, um, you, you know, these are, these are awesome people. We, we get to know them on a deeper level. They get to know me on a deeper level. Um, and as a result, that's, that's how you, you build a team and, and, um, you know, you want a team that's going to play for the guy next to you. And so those are the kind of guys we look for. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, my conversation is actually quite amusing because they're, they're rarely about hockey. It's about <laughs> life and, and different things. And uh, it's a lot of fun, actually. All right. We'll close it up on this one. Um, two things. Number one, you talk about phone calls on a 30 hour trip. Uh, how many of those are you just let your assistant coach Grady take care of them for you? Oh yeah, no. I usually uh, I say stay tuned. We are you'll be on hold, and Grady will be right with you. 
We like to <laughs> we like to pause the drama, and I'll have a little bit of music queued up, and we'll give him a couple of minutes, let him feel like they got to wait for him, and then he delivers. Uh, it's a pretty short speech, though. <laughs> uh, and the final thing, Coach, uh, I joke with Coach Mayhot at Colorado College because every time I have him on, I always say, Coach, I'm ready to sign that letter of intent. I don't care if I'm 60 years old. I'm ready to come play for you. You know my feelings <laughs> for you and your program, so – uh, consider it the ACHA team that I would love to play for uh, if I wasn't 60 years old. <laughs> oh, well, that means that means the world to us. Thanks so much. And, and uh, the feelings are mutual. Thank you so much for what you guys do to help promote uh, ACHA, NCAA, and hockey in general. We're all in the same family. I love the culture of this game. And, uh, you know, in some way or another, we're, we're pulling for, for each other. Maybe not all of them, but, you know, for the most part, we're pulling for each other. Um, and, and it's a real honor to be a part of this game, and, and hopefully we can be a part of growing it as well. Well, we, we love having you on. Uh, thanks for answering my text because I know I text you at crazy times, but thanks for answering. I'll text you again this weekend, okay? <laughs> Anytime, man. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Hopefully we can cross paths here while you're in Michigan. All right. Sounds good. That's the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Uh, Stephen and I will be back in about three minutes to wrap up another episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Hang tight, Coach. I got something for you. Yep. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets to Arizona Hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Coach, it lives on forever. And it lives on forever. I don't know how love it. it is right now, if you've got tickets on sale or not, but, but I love playing that. It just uh, brings a smile to my face. I appreciate you doing that. Absolutely. Have a good time. Uh, safe travels, okay? You too. Thanks, guys. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus. State-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu.
Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed, it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that beautiful balmy city of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, Stephen, you uh, you heard the coach. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, I really like every time he comes on, always brings a, a lot of uh, information and, and knowledge and insight uh, to his program and to and to you know what they're trying to do um it's exciting it's it's because of what they're trying to uh to do there um, they've always had high expectations there at arizona to perform and to win and uh, but I, I just you can tell the notch has been turned up to 10 on the on the oven there to try to you know to, to get it get it get a championship at the acha level and and with the, with the arena coming soon and and all those things happening with the continue with the growth of with hockey in the in the, in the area, um, I think it's just a a, a positive thing, and, and you can tell they're they're fired up, and 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 hopefully that will translate onto the ice, and it's exciting to see what kind of team they're going to have out there, you mean, and what they're going to be able to to do, and it sounds like their schedule is going to be really uh, intriguing. You know, one thing about Arizona in the past. Is uh, they've they've had tough games, but they usually play a pretty home heavy schedule. I mean, they do road games too. It's kind of off and on, but it seems like they always are, you know, at, at home a lot, um, which is great. But uh, except for times where they have to travel away, but um, and they have a pretty good home ice advantage. But it sounds like some of the road games this year are going to be uh, really uh, tough. So that that's exciting to, to the prospects of what what their schedule. And I think also he's seen what the rest of the ACHA has is doing. Uh, certainly, the teams around this this area here in the in the desert and what they're trying to up their game, and and so it makes him want to up his game. So I think in that aspect, that makes it great because everybody now is trying to elevate themselves, um, seeing what like UNLVs are doing, Liberties are doing, UCLs are doing, and how they continue to elevate themselves and how they want to elevate themselves. Maybe where they were four years ago was was great and they were getting success, but that's not gonna that's not gonna that's not gonna 
fly anymore. They have to really step up uh, their level of, of play and, and, and the talent they get and, and the type of teams that they play. So it, it's exciting. And, and, and you can tell the excitement he has and, and, and ready for this season to, to start in a few months. Let, let me tell you about three things that I take away from Coach Berman's comments. Um, number one is this three games and three nights is not a challenge. I talked to you about that with Liberty uh, doing it, but uh, all the good teams, all the championship caliber teams, they want to play that style. They want to play three games and three nights. They want it to be against tough competition. You have to do that. I think you have to do that. I think it, we saw what UNLV did that last year in Chicago Classic, and it, I right? think it really benefited yeah. them. They, they So when they went to the national tournament and, and made the run that they did, it wasn't a it wasn't a big deal for them to have to do to play all those games in such a short time frame uh, because they've been, been there and done that so i think yeah that that's an important thing so i think that's that's number one and number two is uh i like the way coach reevaluates his program uh in depth i mean i know everybody does that but but he said two weeks after the season was over they started preparing again and you've heard me say this before championship teams um like the University of Denver winning an NCAA championship. That started in July last year. And when I got there in August, September, and started seeing that team, I was saying, man, th this team is together. They're looking to, to not only have the talent to win a championship, but they're looking to uh, play as a team and win as a team. And I commented at the NCAA tournament. I said, I think there's four teams here in the Frozen Four. I think two of them really – have a desire to win uh, a college national championship. I think two of the teams um, that are there are maybe more interested in, you know, certainly they wanted to win the championship. They wouldn't be playing if they didn't, but they also wanted to move their players on to the next level, the NHL. Well, coach Berman is, is reevaluating now and he's building a cohesive team. Um, he's going to be driving 30 hours here in the next week or so. And he's going to be talking to his players along the way checking in with them, seeing how they're doing, seeing what they have to do to change things. And keep in mind, last year he did this almost all by himself. He had a few people that could step in here and there, but for the most part, he was the only coach on the bench. Um, he doesn't like to talk about the uh, the negative things, which would be obviously traveling to, to Phoenix from Tucson to get a practice in. Last year they battled COVID like everybody else to start the year. Um, but he finds the positive and when I met him the first time, Stephen, I've said this a thousand times too, is that we sat in his office and, and I was asking him if he really knew what he was up against. And I don't know. I don't know if he'll admit it, that, that he was looking at it going like, wow, what have I gotten myself into? But he took on the challenge. And in just a couple of years from now, he's going to have this big, brand new, fancy building to call home. And uh, he's earned it. He's done everything he needed to do to earn it. So... Congratulations to uh, to him and everybody in Tucson for getting uh, the job accomplished. And boy, it's not easy. No, that actually would have been a good question to ask him. Like, you know, as as you're trying to grow your program, and have you has he thought about, or has he had conversations about maybe having another coach there with him to help him with some of these things on the bench there? Because every time I see him, he's the only guy out there on the bench, and sometimes his I guess his kid is <laughs> helps out too, but. Because um, I, I think about, I think of, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about a game last year. I think it was against UNLV where he gets thrown out of the game, and then there's nobody on the bench to to run the line right. and stuff. So I think the captains and all that have to to do all that. So 
Um, I, I know it's it, you know, sometimes a situation of the money thing or whatever. Um, so that's, but I've, I've wondered that, like, you know, you see other teams, they, and not that he can't do it himself. He's more than capable, but sometimes having a different voice to, to kind of help things, uh, maybe can focus more on the defensive side where he can focus more, you know, instead of having to worry about everything. Uh, I've wondered that, like, is he, is he, is that something that's down the pipeline at, at some point to get a, oh, another? I, I would imagine that's definitely. And, and he's had coaches pipeline. before. I mean, obviously, Hogan, yeah. you know, John Hogan's been a guy, and of course, he moved on to, to Maryville, but uh, I've wondered if, if maybe he could, he would have somebody to, to help him, uh, uh, you know, help him out with that. I, I think it's going to be a must because I don't think you can win a championship at any level uh, all by yourself. That's part of that elevating, elevating yourself and, yeah. and, and getting to yeah. the next level. Yep, and I think they'll definitely get the job done. Excited for that, excited for the program. I love that he spends time and answers all the questions and doesn't doesn't shy away from anything. Uh, you could kind of tell he wanted to tell us about an NCAA game coming up, but it's one of those things where you can't do it, you can't do it. We totally understand that, but boy, how exciting would that be? Uh, another one of our ACHA schools in the West getting an opportunity to play an NCAA team and Boy, I'm telling you, Stephen, seven years ago, if I would have told you that, you would have looked me in the eye and thought that uh, maybe I should go get my temperature checked because I must be sick. Um, it's uh, it's really come a long way in such a short period of time. And when you talk about the possibility of maybe some NCAA programs in the next five years, I think that's realistic. I really do. Yeah, and there's going to be some crossover here. It's not only – I mean, you're going to have Liberty's going to come out and play Alaska, but you're going to have – Denver, who of course you know very well and cover the, and on the NCA side, of course, and they're going to play UNLV, who we know very well on the ACHA side. So there's a crossover that the, our teams both in our coverage area and that we're very familiar with. Uh, Alaska is a team that you know you're we're bringing on as as the coverage area for for the NCA side, uh, you know the Anchorage one and both of them, I guess, and uh, and and they're going to be coming uh, to play UNLV and Liberty too. So it's it's these these crossovers. Are, are great, but it takes it even more exciting because it's their teams that we we all are going to be familiar with uh, out here on, in the West. So that that's that's a nice thing too. But I think it just kind of helps. Uh, we see what's happening in af- college athletics with with conference realignments and what's happening there, and you wonder how can that how how will that, that affect hockey in the future if if we can get more teams on board. Uh, you know, there's rumblings about what UNLV's future might be, and if they're they're able to to get things worked out there maybe they'll they'll be there sooner rather than later at the next level and then uh you know and then we see lindenwood just jumped on and, and it's now NCA. so it's uh the, the work continues and i think uh you know you talked about seven years ago i think if you look at another seven years down the road i could i can't imagine what the landscape is going to look like in seven years from now when we're still doing this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, really I can't either. It's going to be exciting. Um, I'll kind of wrap it up with this. We started and head coach on primarily for the Maccabi games. Every four years they play those Jewish games, uh, and for him to say that they uh, are sold out a twelve thousand seat arena to watch uh, these guys play, and uh, the chance, the good chance that he may have a player on Team Canada and two players on Team USA. Uh, playing for the gold medal uh, in Israel, that's incredible. And you just think about it, Stephen, taking taking three weeks of your summer as a college student to go play hockey in Israel, uh, That that's just a, an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm so thrilled for those guys. Can't wait till they get back so we can visit with them and, 
and find out a little bit more about their personal experience and what it was like. And um, it's certainly going to help his program because uh, that kind of experience is something you just can't get every day. Yeah, I think it's a great experience for, for them. And obviously it's, it's for Jewish athletes. So there's a, there's a pride thing there with that. And then of course, representing your, your country and, and being able to be a part of something like that. Uh, it's a great tool for the, the program itself to say, Hey, we, we bring players on that are good enough to compete in competitions like that, uh, whether it be in this or, or we see other schools that get players to go on to play world university games or whatever else they, they have that feature those, these level of athletes. And so it's just, uh, it's a real exciting, uh, thing to see. And, and just another, uh, another, another check, uh, another thing you can use on the resume for, for a team to say that. And for the players themselves is if they have any aspirations after the, their playing career at the college level to, to do something, they can they say, Hey, we participated in something like this and, and, uh, and have those experiences, uh, experience is always a, a key thing. I always think, always say, whether it's at the NCA level or ACHA level or the pro level. And, uh, I think just whether it's in these tournaments, it, you, you, nothing can replace experience. And that's, that's what, uh, this is at least to get experience. You obviously you'd like to win and that's, that's another bonus, but, uh, experience to just continue to work on your game and to, and to compete on those kind of stages. Can't go wrong there. Okay. I want to end it before you do your read on a thing I saw on Twitter today. It was written on a whiteboard and, uh, and it said, um, if you fail, never give up because fail means first attempt and learning. End is not the end. In fact, end means effort never dies. If you get no as an answer, remember no means next opportunity. Change your mindset. Uh, yeah, I thought it was so good that I grabbed it uh, in a screenshot. I've got it on my phone and I'm gonna look at it every day because uh, to me, that's uh, that's life, right? I mean, we all are up against those things and. It's how you choose to do it. Do you choose to just go to the status quo and, and fail and, and find the end and not get uh, an answer, just keep getting no's, or do you change your mindset? So I'll leave it on that note. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona. ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Drury and Sweets, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight JD Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University. Strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, 
Available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Our thanks to the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, for joining us tonight. Uh, Steven, stay cool out there in in toasty Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we'll see everybody again next week on the Great Thank goodness for air conditioning. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Take care, everyone.